0: praise the lord this is a day what day could this be oh it's a day that god has made And we've come to rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice? I mean, with all the stuff that's going on. Well, God didn't say rejoice when everything feels good. He said rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. So that's what we're doing. We are looking at what God uses to accomplish His purpose. We've been looking at small things. God doesn't use a big group of people all at once to accomplish His will. He'll choose small things like, uh, like little David, boy David, to overcome a giant, or you know anything. And today we're looking at another small thing. Uh, do you see the small cloud? A small cloud. How can that accomplish what God wants? Well, we're going to look at that from First Kings chapter 18. We're going to look at Elijah. Before we get into that, we need to set the, the stage, set the scene as to what's happening. So, let's look at uh, 1 Kings seventeen 1. 1 Kings 17, 1. That's where we're going to start. We're going to set the stage as to what we're going to look at today. And Elijah the Tishbite and the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except by my word. So he is proclaiming a drought. Why would he do that? Well, then we got to go back and look at chapter 16 and see the condition of the people, see the condition of Israel. Here in verses 19 and 20. And 21 of uh, 1 Kings 16, because of the sins which he, Semerah, had committed in doing evil in the sight of the Lord and walking in the way of Jeroboam and in the sin which he had committed to make Israel sin, see, a leader can make a nation sin. that's what was taking place. Now, the rest of the acts of Zimri and the, and the treason he committed, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the king of Israel? Then the people of Israel divided into two parts. Half of the people followed Tip, Tipna, the son of... I wish they'd be able to spell these things in English. Why can't they have English names? Gennath. <laughs> G- 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 to make him king and have followed Omoah. Now, so a division occurred because of evil. and God doesn't want his nation at all divided whatsoever. Well, they finally came back together in verse 29 and in the, 20, in the 38th year of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab the son of Amorah became king over Israel And Ahab, the son of Amorah, reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. Now, that would seem like it would be, you know, everything's going to work out fine now. I mean, we got somebody that's going to bring us together and uh, get this division out of the way. And uh, God's going to use this uh, new man to lead us. And we're going to have everything just right. Now, Ahab, the son of Amorah, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. I mean, he was the worst one of them all. It's getting worse. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. Why? Because, you see, in the midst of all of this, they are worshiping a god named Baal, and they are just forgetting about God completely, and they are worshiping a false god building a temple unto a false god and forgetting about the God who delivered them from Egypt. Well, that, that, that's gotten bad. So therefore, 17.1 says that Ahab, uh, the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be a due nor rain these years except by my word. That's what Elijah was prophesying. He was saying that this is what God's going to do. God's going to show you who God is. God's going to show you that He's he's the one that controls, controls the weather. Not your false God. He's the one that controls everything. So you better watch out. There's a drought coming, and you're going to find out that God is God and not your God. You cannot serve a false god. So, here over in chapter 18 now, we get to where we want to understand what this is all about and how it comes to play and how it ends. In the midst of all of this, you know, God's Word is just not a story. God's Word begins to teach us something. So, we're going to learn from Elijah's life, when he's lifting up this drought and praying for it to end and everything, we're going to understand how to pray. You you want to understand? Here's an example of how to pray. So we're looking at that in relationship as to Elijah proclaiming this drought. I'm finding out that if you look at the Word of God as to what God wants to teach you, you'll find things. You'll find out something that God is trying to say to you, and He wants to better your life, just not because it's a good Old Testament story, but there's something there to be taught you and, and to be able to learn and to learn how to live it. So here we are in verses 41 through 46 of chapter 18 of 1 Kings. Are you ready, ready to learn how to pray. Here we go. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. Wow! How would Elijah know that? Well, let's just go back to verse 1 of chapter 18. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go prepare yourselves yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. God is saying to Elijah, Listen, I'm promising you that I'm going to bring the rain. So first of all, when you pray, you've got you've got to have a promise from God, standing on the promise of God, and you've got to proclaim that it will be fulfilled you cannot just come and just sort of throw out a prayer and hope it's going to happen. you got to come and start with the Word of God. And when you get the Word of God as to what God has promised, then you can pray that and you can believe for it to be fulfilled. Proclaim it because God said it, you say it, and that's what's going to take place. In, in Matthew 4.4, 4, Matthew 4.4, 4, it says Jesus was tempted uh, by the devil that if, if he was the Son of God to make all these stones turn into bread, you would think after 40 days and 40 nights of not having any food, you get hungry. And Jesus comes up and says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what we going to do is we're going to live according to what God says. Not according to what our flesh wants. I'm sure the flesh of Jesus was crying out for food. I know mine would. <laughs> my flesh, my, I'm, I'm crying out for food now. No, I'm not crying out for food now. No, I don't need that. But what you need is, most important of all, you live by the Word of God. The Word of God. So you proclaim that. In Romans chapter four, Romans chapter four, verse twenty-one, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Abraham came to that point that what God had promised, that he would have a son, God was able to fulfill that promise. You have to come to a fulfillment in your life that you can be fully convinced God is going to do it. It's just not something you have up here in your head. It's something that you are. (laughs) It's not something that just exists. It's something that you know, that you know, that you know, and you live it out. I remember the first time that happened when I was called to go to Old Roberts University and people would come by and I'd be packing and and everything getting ready to go, and my wife Frankie had already quit her job, and, and people would come by and said, "Have you been, uh, ha- have you been uh, accepted at, at O.R.U.?" And I said, uh, "No." Well, you, how come you're going? Because God says so. You go because God says so. You, and so two weeks prior to getting there, I was accepted. Uh, 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 I'm not gonna say it again. If you're always getting ready, you'll be ready. You have to get ready according to what God says. Then, when the time comes, you'll be ready to do what He wants. So here it is. Abraham was fully convinced. I mean, you couldn't sway him one way or the other. I don't care if I am a hundred years old. I don't care if my wife is ninety years old. I don't care. She's gonna have a baby. And I know that because God said so. So, that's what Elijah was saying. Now, to Ahab, now you go up and and eat and drink, for there's the sound of rain. Wasn't any rain there, but it sounds like it could be. Why? Because she, God said it would. So, that's where you start. You start with the fact that God said it you proclaim it even though it, you don't see it or feel it. It's there. Hallelujah. It's there in the supernatural realm. It's there in the spiritual realm. Just hadn't made manifest in the physical realm yet. But you've got to know that it's real. It's more real than what you can experience here in the physical realm. Well, oh, what about the, the second thing we need to do? So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. Second thing of all, even though you got a promise of God, you need to humble yourself and honor Him as the source. You see, instead of feeding the flesh like Ahab did, Elijah went up and prayed, and you got to humble yourself before God. Don't allow your flesh to control you. Humble yourself, as God is the source of what's going to take place. You remember over in uh, First Peter chapter five, First Peter chapter five, verse six. Therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. He will lift you up. When you humble yourself, God will lift you up as to according to what He has said, He will exalt you. It may not look like that to people around you and people that you are communicating with, but God will exalt you because you have humbled yourself under Him as the source of what's going to happen. You got that? All right. First of all, you got to know God's promise that it's going to be fulfilled. You got to know that, you got to live in that. You got to be fully convinced. Second of all, you humble yourself before God. He is the source of what's going to take place. You're not going to do it. You're not going to get it accomplished. He is. What he's wanting you to do is to believe, believe him that he will bring it to pass. So, what's the next thing you need to do? Well, let's go back to 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 43. And uh, Elijah then said to his servant, "Go up now toward the sea." So he went up and looked and said, "Uh, there's nothing. (laughs) Uh I mean, here Elijah's got the promise of God. He's humbled himself before God. And now he's told his servant to go up and and see see that uh, the the rain's coming. And the servant says, "Uh, I'm sorry, Elijah. Uh, I don't see anything. There's nothing there. Well, that would discourage people right off the bat, wouldn't it? God, you promised this. And God, you're the source of what's going to take place. I've turned to you. Now, how come you haven't done it? That's what maybe some people would say. But guess what? Elijah didn't do that. What did he do? And seven times he said, Go again. (laughs) You've got to be persistent. In your prayer, seven times looking for what God was going to send the rain. He said He would. He's sending His servant out seven times. Go look and see. Go look and see. Go look and see. Seven times He did. You cannot stop just because you don't see something the first time. Just because you don't see something the second time or the third time or the... In this case, seven times he told his servant to go look to see if there's rain. I mean, you cannot give up. Over in uh, Colossians chapter chapter 4, oh hallelujah, I love this. I tell you, it really grabs hold of my life. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. In other words, when you're continuing, oh God, thank you, thank you. I can imagine Elijah saying this. It doesn't say this, but I can imagine, God, thank you for the rain. You promised the rain and I thank you for it. And whatever you're standing on, God's word, go and thank him for it. Thank Him for it. Even though you don't see it or feel it, you're not experiencing it, thank Him for it. So you you believe in God to heal you. you. It hasn't happened? Thank Him for the healing. Thank Him for the healing. Thank Him for what He has promised. He said He will do. He will not fail to do it. So thank Him. Thank God. He was persistent. And be continually earnest in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Just, I mean, you cannot give up. Once you give up, the answer is just around the corner anyway. You just had not turned that last corner. Don't ever give up on God. Uh, God's not going to give up on you. Hmm. So believe God all the way. Keep keep on, keeping on. So he had a promise of of what God said. He proclaimed that promise. He he was humble himself that God is the source and he kept on kept on keeping on no matter what, even though he didn't see it right away. Alright, next thing. We know this one. By heart, don't we? Yeah, Mark 11:24. You got that? Yeah, you know that one already, don't you? Therefore, I say to you, Jesus says, "What things, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them; you will have them." In other words, when you pray, believe. And receive before you actually see them in the physical realm. You've got to receive what God has said that He will do. You cannot let go. You got to receive it. You got to take it in. It's, I know this. God said it. I receive it to be true. I believe it to take place. And God says, when you do that, you'll have it. When you do that, you'll have it. So, you've got to have the... First of all, you got to get in and have the, the promise of God first. Proclaim that promise. Then, you've got to humble yourself under God that He's the source. He's going to bring it to pass. Third of all, be persistent in prayer. Can keep on keeping on. Do not give up. And fourth you got to believe that you receive before you even have it in the physical realm. Elijah didn't have it in the physical realm. But I believe he was receiving it because God said it. God can't lie. That's one thing God can't do. He can't lie. What He says is the truth and it's going to take place. So my question is, do you see the small cloud? Alright, when you pray you may begin to see a small cloud before the fullness of the manifestation comes. In other words, you may see just, well, uh, that's a little bit there because you see Elijah in verse 45 of chapter 18, now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. Why? Because you see in verse 44, Uh, uh, it came to pass the seventh time there was a cloud as small as a man's hand. Not much, but there was something there that looked like, could possibly be, that it's going to rain. So he said, uh, y'all get ready. Go up to the airfare, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you got to get ready. This thing is going to, go, it's going to flood the place and you won't be able to get out in your, in your church. And so you got to get ready. So you've got to know that God, yeah, he, He'll, He'll do a miracle. Here it comes. But He also will work into a little small, a little bit more, a little bit more. He'll take one step at a time one step at a time. I'm going through something right now that I wish God would snap His fingers and be all over with. No. It's already taken at least two months and it's going to take two more months. I hope that's all it's going to take. But if it doesn't, I'm still sticking with God. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. God said it. He woke me up one morning and said, Go. (laughs) That's what he told Abram, right? That's it. So it's going to take place. You may see, I see a little bit here. I see a little bit there and a little bit there. The next thing you know, I'm finally going to eventually see the full manifestation of it. So I, I encourage you, don't look at what is not happening but look at what is happening. That's been my problem. I get caught up into what's not happening and it gets me all up in a... Uh, I want that stress and, and, and I want this... Uh, uh, and I say, God, I cast the care of all this over on you. I release it to you. It's your problem because you told me to do something and I, I'm going to be obedient and you have to bring it to pass. See, God's got to bring it to pass. God has to bring the rain to pass. Elijah can't make it rain. No. God had to make it rain. So, whoa, well, that, that's Elijah. Can I be effective like that? Well, let's go find out. Let's go find out here in... Uh, John, uh, John, James, James chapter 5. We're going to read 17 and 18. 17 and 18. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. I mean, he wasn't anything supernaturally special that God created to do. No, he's just like you and me. A normal human being that God decided to use to proclaim a drought. That's it. It's normal. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. You see, Elijah did that. Why can't we? I mean, we've got more than Elijah had. We've got the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And the Holy Spirit can bring something out of you that can cause things to happen that you don't even... Whoa! Did that really take place? The Holy Spirit power is residing in you It was on Elijah, but it's in us. But he's just like a man, just like anybody. God was just using him, just like anybody else. And, you know, don't just say these are uh, people that are higher than me. I'll never reach that. Yes, you are. You've already reached it when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit came in and you got full of His Spirit. That's it. (laughs) You are great. You are supernatural. So we are have a nature just like Elijah. Now go back to verse sixteen in James five. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Well that leaves me out. <laughs> I've just been getting all caught up in the sin all the time. Stop that. Stop thinking of what you're doing. Believe that Jesus took all your sin, past, present, and future, and gave you His righteousness. You stand right with God. Therefore, this scripture is saying, talking about you. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, In other words, you keep persistently. You're gonna keep on, keeping on, keeping on, and you're gonna have effective results because you are a righteous man in the sight of God. Yes, you may sin, but you're standing right with God at all times. That's unbelievable. The righteousness of God is in you, and and my prayer will avail much. It will be effective. Effective means, this is not definition of effective from the Greek language, active operation of God's Word working in power in you to bring effectual results. Let me read that again. Active operation of God's Word. uh, That's where we started, right? Started with the promise of God. God's Word working in power in you to bring those effectual results. That's an effective, fervent prayer. That will take place as you pray. you got to believe that when you stand on the Word of God, it's going to come to pass. It's going to happen. It did. Elijah had a promise. He proclaimed it. He humbled himself before God and realized, God, you're the source of all this, not me. And he... And he was very persistent and and completely persistent. And he received what God did even before it happened. He knew it was going to take place. I know it's going to take place. I don't care what people say. I don't care what people are looking at me. It's kind of funny. Oh, it's going to take place. It's happening. So, let me just summarize the effective results that's going to happen. How it is going to happen. First of all, you got to hear God's word. Don't go off somewhere and say, God, oh God, I help I need help to do this. Uh, God, I want this to No, get with the Word of God first. Start there. This is where you pray from. Pray the Word of God. The Word of God will come to pass. Hear what God's saying? Get to that. Believe it now. Second thing, believe God's Word. I mean, you can read God's Word all you want to, but do you believe it? Do you believe it? I've, I've, prayed through, I've read through the, the Bible 17, 18, 19, 20 times, I guess. I don't know. I've lost count. But I'm going back through this year slowly looking at every word, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me because I want to have a belief in it that this is it. Hear the word, believe the word, then confess the word. Confess God's word. That's what Elijah did and he confessed him, hey, it's going to be a drought. So you and then he confessed it's going to rain. You better get ready. He was confessing God's word before it even took place you got to do that. You may sound weird because, see, the world doesn't do that. The world always proclaims what they already have or what they can see or what they can feel. But God says, proclaim what I have for you, what I'm going to do. Proclaim that. Confess it. Get it out of your mouth. Is that how you got saved? Yes. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth. That's how I got saved. I can't just believe. It's got to come out of my mouth. So, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth's going to speak. Therefore, I'm going to get this word in. I'm going to then believe it to the point I'm going to confess it. Then I'm going to receive. I'm going to receive it. I have it. I have it. I have it. How do you know you have it, Frank? I know. I, I got it. How do you know? God said so. I agree with Him. I have it. I have it. I have it now. I have it right now. It's not physically manifest itself right now, but I have it. And then I've got to stand firm on God's Word so fully until it's fully manifested itself. Stand on it. Don't give up. Keep on keeping on. So do you want, do you see the small cloud? Do you see just a little bit of what's taking place? And more is going to happen. And more is going to happen. Because you see, you started out with the Word. You believed it. You confessed it. You received it. And you're standing on it no matter what. So let me pray for you today that this is going to take place in your life because it's important that we stand on what God says and not what the world's saying. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for everyone that's listening and everyone, Father, that's watching this. I pray in Jesus' name that they would, Holy Spirit, that you give them a full desire and hunger for the Word of God, that they would get into the Word of God and to grab hold of it and then... They're going to hear what God's saying. They're going to believe it. They're going to confess it out of their mouth. Yes, they're going to receive it. And I pray that you'll never give up. Never give up on what the Word of God is saying because it's going to come to pass in your life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. amen.